Give Me Fiction is presented by Boing Boing. Welcome to Give Me Fiction. My name is Ivan Hernandez, and I'll be your host. Each month at Gimme Fiction, some of the finest minds in comedy, literature, and the arts write pieces based on a theme. Each week on this podcast, we deliver one of those readings to the listening public. On this episode, we bring you a piece by writer Maggie Takuda-Hall. For the technology-themed GMF, she told the story of a woman's bond with her office supplies in Miri and Love. Miri had been at her new job for two months when she got her first perk. Other employees she knew got perks like stock options, free massages, and gym membership. This was a startup, after all, and that was the whole point of working for a startup. But as the office assistant, all Miri got was a talking dildo. (laughs) Bill, her boss and the founder of Toys Talk to Me, a distribution app that handled exclusively voice-responsive talking sex toys, was a young man, younger than Miri even, who was barely 30. He had the questionable social skills Mary had come to expect from programmers, and as such, she was only sort of surprised when he called her into his office and handed her a dildo. (laughs) The dildo's name was James. Anyway, welcome to the company, Bill said. Have a good time with him. Mary did not think he was as uneasy as he ought to have been, giving a sex toy to a subordinate, but she was also curious. She was unsure if she'd ever had an orgasm before, and James came with glowing customer reviews and an average four-and-a-half-star rating. Now, as she removed James from his packaging, she wondered how Bill selected this particular model for her. James seemed awfully large, and he was also in an obnoxious shade of hot pink. Her first and only date with James did not go well. You like it like that, don't you? James shouted. (laughs) This is really embarrassing. You want me to fuck you harder, don't you? (laughs) Mary felt acutely uncomfortable. She poured herself a glass of wine, but it didn't help. Using James felt a little like humping a helicopter. To make things worse, she couldn't figure out how to turn the volume down on him, and she was sure his stupid, booming voice could be heard through the thin walls of her apartment. She put James away and wondered, how do you even dispose of a dildo? She couldn't just throw James in her trash. What if one of her neighbors saw? So she put James in her sock drawer and hoped to God that Bill wouldn't ask how she liked him. The next day, Mary wanted to tell Bo about her conversation with Bill, but Ashley wouldn't leave him alone. Distantly, Mary could hear Bo saying, I'm just not sure what you'd like me to do, which figured, because Ashley was the worst and had no idea what she was doing, a reality which never stopped her from delegating. (laughs) Ashley was fresh out of college and already ran their social media marketing. She spent most of her time cussing loudly about vendors and fucking around on Facebook, a role in the company which, Mary had to admit, made her deeply envious. Bo, Ashley whined, I need this document in legal and in letter. I'm just not sure what you'd like me to do, Bo repeated. Miri loved Bo. He was tall, square-shaped, and black. His full name was Bo Laser, and also he was a printer. <laughs> Miri had worked with some terrible printers in her long career of shitty admin jobs, and so she could appreciate a good printer when she met one. And Bo was a good printer. <laughs> Like the vibrating dildos and sucking rubber orifices they sold, Bo talked and was voice responsive. But unlike the sex toys they sold, his voice had been recorded by Benedict Cumberbatch, making making everything he said sound, Mary thought, pretty alluring. 
After what seemed like an inordinate amount of time, Ashley went back to her desk with the documents she needed. Hey, Bo, Miri said. She was relieved to finally have some time alone with him, her favorite coworker. Hello, Miri, Bo said. Is there something I can help you with today? You would not believe, Bill, Miri told him. She leaned against his table and let her arm just barely brush against him. He was still warm from Ashley's print job. He totally gave me one of the products. Like, what am I even supposed to say to that? This company specializes in devices for f- sexual fulfillment. Is that an appropriate gift from your boss? Bo asked. Mary laughed. God, no. I should shoot, sue for sexual harassment or something. I am sorry that Bill has put you in an awkward situation. Would you like to talk about it more? <laughs> Mary sighed. No, it's okay. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Bo was a very sensitive, or sorry, Bo was very sensitive for a printer. I just wish I'd, like, taken coding classes in college, you know? No, I do not know, Bo confessed. But I am always here to help you, Miri. Do you need any documents printed or scanned? (laughs) No, no, Miri told him. You just relax. She checked his ink and refilled his paper. She stood next to him in companionable silence, the skin on her arm still warm from where they had touched. When Miri's OkCupid date had to cancel, Miri took it as a sign that it was time to move her relationship with Bo forward. So she waited for her coworkers to leave, which didn't take long. It was a Friday, and no one in the office was interested in dwelling. It was perfect, Mary thought, another sign that she was making the right choice, that acceleration, escalation, was the only way. She was just about to sneak over to Bo's table when Ashley came over and stood by Mary's desk. Or loomed. It was more like looming. <laughs> Mary thought she'd left. Mary. Her voice was overfamiliar. They were not office friends. Oh my God, I have to tell someone. What? Miri couldn't help it. Her voice came out terse and impatient. But Ashley didn't notice. She leaned over Miri's desk, her eyes wide with excitement that they did not share, and whispered, I totally walked in on Bill today. Like in the bathroom? Ashley giggled. Her giggle was obnoxious. Ashley was obnoxious. But Miri was curious despite her desperation to go to Bo. She could see just one of his shining black plastic corners beyond Ashley's obnoxiously perfect hair. No, Ashley said, using one of, you know, the Bella model? Bella was an orifice with a voice recorded by Megan Fox. She was meant, according to the copy on the side of the box, to feel exactly like the warm and tight grip of an anus. Miri Miri blushed. Ashley howled with laughter. In his office, Ashley went on. Can you believe it? Can you fucking believe it? Miri could believe it, even if she didn't want to contemplate it. I mean, how lonely do you have to be? Ashley laughed again and grabbed Mary on the arm, squeezed a little too hard. So disgusting, right? Uh-huh, Mary said. Anyway, have a good weekend. She winked. Who winks, Mary thought. But before she could respond with something appropriately snarky, Ashley and her perfect hair were gone. Mary sat at her desk, embarrassment growing in her stomach. She imagined Ashley with her obnoxiously perfect hair laughing at her, laughing at her love for Bo, and for some time, the projected shame was so powerful that it was paralyzing. She felt stuck, physically stuck, to her swiveling desk chair. But then she thought, fuck Ashley. Who the fuck is Ashley to have any bearing on Mary's life, on Mary's happiness? It's not like Bo is an orifice anyway. Bo is a sensitive, insightful, and efficient printer. He scanned documents with nearly surgical precision, and he was a good listener, goddammit. She stood up fiercely and stomped over to Bo, a flush in her cheeks and a passion burning in her throat. Come on, Bo, Mary said. Oh, hello, Mary, Bo said. Do you need some documents printed or scanned or copied today? <laughs> no. She reached around him and rooted around for his power cord. 
I need you. She unplugged him before he could respond. If the concierge thought it was strange that Mary checked into the hotel with an industrial printer in tow, (laughs) he didn't show it. (laughs) She took Beau to their room, which was well-lit and cozy, and plugged him in. Her heart pounded. She'd planned this moment for so long, and now that it was here, she was surprised by how nervous she felt as Beau booted up. Miri? Beau asked. Where are we? A hotel. Do you need any documents copied or scanned or printed? No, Beau. Miri sighed. I'm in love with you. I do not understand what you'd like from me, Beau said. Shall I reset? No. I just... This was so much harder than she'd anticipated. I just want to hold you. There are no holds in my queue, Beau said. (laughs) But is that not what you mean? Like this, Miri said, and she enveloped Beau as best she could in her arms. Beau's cooling fan engaged, and its gentle whir soothed her like waves on the shore. Am I to understand, Beau said, after some time, that you do not need me to process any documents? You are interested instead in holding your person against me? To love you, Miri clarified. This is very confusing for me, Beau said. Perhaps you should turn me off, and then on again. (laughs) That's just how love is, Miri told him. It's confusing. (laughs) Save for the worrying of his cooling fan, Beau was silent. Was Miri completely insane? Was this a crazy thing to have done? Time felt as though it were stretched infinitely since the last moment she'd spoken, and Miri could feel the shame stacking like bricks in her chest. Her fingers itched to unplug Beau to quit her job and hold herself up in her apartment, never to speak to another person, dildo, or printer again. But just as she thought she could bear the silence no longer, the cover for Bo's scanner lifted. Miri, Bo said, place your face on my scanner. <laughs> I would like to see what you look like. Miri obliged. <laughs> the surface of his scanner was pleasantly cool to the touch against her cheek. The light of his scanner swept across her face once, and then once again. <laughs> you have black hair, Bo said, once the scan was complete. Yes, Miri said. I believe I am constructed of black plastic, Beau said. So the color black is a trait we share. Miri smiled. She had not thought of it that way. Will you please place your hand on my scanner? Miri did. Beau scanned her hand and printed out a picture of it. I hope, Beau said, that this experience replicates that of holding hands. (laughs) Tears filled Miri's eyes. She thought of the last time she'd held hands, a sweaty, unpleasant experience with her high school boyfriend. But this, this was so much better. They spent the night scanning Miri's hands, her feet, her ears, her hair. Beau printed out pictures of each of her various body parts and stacked them neatly in his cradle. (laughs) Dawn came and went, but Miri wasn't tired. Miri, Beau said, after scanning her lips, I would like you to try something. Would you please, if you are comfortable and it would please you, sit on my scanner? (laughs) I would like to see your reproductive parts. She couldn't help it. A giggle escaped her. (laughs) Reproductive? She echoed, laughing. You have the capacity to reproduce humans, Bo said. I have the capacity to reproduce documents. Please, he said, sit on my scanner. (laughs) It was, Miri reflected, the most erotic request that had never been made of her, and it came from a piece of office equipment. (laughs) But the shame Miri usually associated with her sexuality was absent. She did not think of Bill. She did not think of James. She did not think of Ashley and her cruel laughter. All she thought of was Beau as she carefully pulled her pants and underwear down. As the light of Beau's scanner flashed between her legs, Miri's breath caught in her throat. Her legs trembled. She felt her body involuntarily tense and release, and she moaned. No one in the office ever figured out that it was Miri who stole Beau laser. 
nor did anyone ever assume that it was she who left the following review on his product page. This is the finest piece of office equipment I have ever used. He gave me my first orgasm. The end. You can find Maggie online at booksellerhaiku.tumblr.com and on Twitter at E-M-T-E-E Hall. Give Me Fiction's live show happens the first Sunday of every month at Lost Weekend Video in San Francisco, California. GMF is produced by Will Scoville. For news, updates, and more, check out gimmefiction.net, at GMF Show on Twitter, and Facebook.com slash gimmefiction. You can email us at gmfshow at gmail.com and can donate to the show through PayPal at the same address. I'm online at ivanhernandez.net and on Twitter at Ivan underscore Hernandez. Our theme song is provided by Power Pyramid, and you can check out more of their music at powerpyramid.bandcamp.com. You can listen to us on SoundCloud and Stitcher. If you enjoyed the show, you can rate and review us on the iTunes Store. This has been Gimme Fiction. <laughs>